I believe that there are many of us who are living out the contents of the words that were spoken already. We're living it out. The words that we've spoken over our lives, we are living it out. The words that we've spoken over the years have shaped us and formed many realities in which we live. The power of words and how it shapes us. The power of words and how they can harm us. The power of words and how they can define us. Are you okay? Tell your neighbour words. Whether we believe it or not, words shape and frame our future. Um, we can read that in Joshua 1.8 when he says, This book of the law, do not let it depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it when? You should meditate on it when? Are we students of God's Word this morning? Okay. We should meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Someone say written in it. So the words that you and I meditate on, we live out these words and these words become our reality. So what we meditate on, it, we live it out and it becomes our reality. I say um, to my grandkids a lot of the times when they say to me, Nana, I can't do that. Or Nana, I can't read this book. Um, or Nana, I, I can't do this at school. I always say to my grandkids that yes, you can, because I'm trying to take out they can't do things. Because then they start defaulting all the time and they automatically disqualify themselves from being able to do the work that God, I know that they can do. Is that right? So the words that you and I meditate on, what are you meditating on? What consumes your brains? I always say to us, we need to think about what we're thinking about. What consumes you every single moment of every single day? If other things consume you, then I'm going to say to you, those things are now in control of you and you're meditating on them and that becomes your reality. I just need two people to agree. Just like, don't worry about your neighbour, just, just you. Just two people to agree this morning. Amen. And then it says, for you, then you shall make your way prosperous. Not God. I'm saying this all the time to us because you have the power to have a prosperous future. You do. Because God's given you authority. God's given you abilities. God's given you the gift. It doesn't say that God will make you prosperous. It says, no, if you do this, he says, for then you will make your way prosperous. Who? You. Tell your neighbour, it's you. And then it says, and then you will have what? Good success. So it's you and God and God's Word which gives you the power to make your way prosperous and that leads you to success. You and God's Word. Someone say me and God's Word. In Matthew 12, it says this, For by your words you will be justified. In other words, you'll be shown as righteous. And by your words you will be what? Condemned. By this, God is implying that the, that the experiences that you and I have in life today are because the words that have been spoken, that we have spoken over ourselves. Um, if you're anything like me, and, or if you're human and you've got a heart and you breathe, then there are many times that others have spoken stuff over your life, right? Are you agree or is it just me? They can be good words or they can be negative words. Um, and a lot of the times you remember all the negative things, right? Because uh, negative hurts and it, it, it stains you and it, it scars your heart. 
But I want to say this and encourage us this morning. Don't allow other people to shape your life. People are trying to shape my life all my life. Who knows that they can't shape me? From the time I was born, people were trying to shape my life. By the time you were born, out of your mother's womb, from that particular time, people have been trying to shape your life. That's why mum says, you can do it. That's why your nana says, baby, keep going, you can do this. Because they're shaping your life. But then you may have had not the best experience and maybe your men, your mum or your dad or maybe your aunties or uncles said to you, actually, you're so worthless. You can't do anything. You're just, you're so dumb. What about teachers? Not all teachers. Some teachers. Your, your child's just too dumb. They're just not going to pick it up. I've made it my life lesson is never to allow people to shape you by their words, by how they define you. Amen? Tell them you can't define me. Tell your other neighbor you can't define me. So I want to talk about this today, that words are, for me are like indicators. They indicate, like my car has an indicator. Um, when my petrol in my car is a bit low, there's a thing that goes beep, 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 20 k's left. Do you have a car that does that? You know, it tells you that your petrol is going low. If you don't have one that talks to you, that's, that's good. But if you have one that talks to you and it tells you how many Ks you got left in your car, it's an indicator that, that your tank is running on full, half or empty. Words are like indicators. They indicate the condition of a man's heart. They indicate the condition of a man's heart. Hebrews 11 says that by faith we understand that words were framed, that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are, what? Visible. The universe is framed by God's Word. And because the worlds are framed by God's Word or substance of things not seen, it is the words unseen that continue to shape our reality. That's the power of words. Before my husband was awesome, he wasn't. You're sitting there. I've got to just say, like, I've got to bring this to reality. Before he was amazing, he wasn't. But I remember when we were young in the Lord and um, I was learning to control my words, which wasn't the best of times, but there were times where I would conquer. Um, while he was sleeping, I would say words over his life. I would say the kind of husband I wanted because he couldn't respond because he was asleep. So I would say the kind of husband I wanted over him because it wasn't what I was getting and I think God ripped me off. I know you're all perfect marriages and you don't argue and you're just all saints in Jesus' name. But we were like, man, heaven and hell. 
And I remember growing in the Lord and I, while he was sleeping and I would say, I would think to myself, he is a horrible man and he doesn't love me and he doesn't look after me. But then I would speak the opposite of what I was thinking because I was shaping my reality because I wanted a man that would love me and serve me as Christ serves the church and who would lay down his life for me. And it took a long time, but I got him. It takes a long time. But finally, my reality of the husband that I saw and see for my life, I now see. So do you understand men and women of God, like if you're in a husband or wife relationship, or if you've got a boyfriend or girlfriend relationship, or whatever type of relationship, I don't want to know what relationships, but in God's Word, husband and wife relationships, that you have the ability to shape that by the things that you say. Amen. Your words are important because words, uh, because the world was framed by words and words continue to shape the world today. A word can create war. One word. If Trump said one word against any country that was contrary to what they were thinking or saying, it could create war by a word. That's how powerful our words are. Uh, this morning, say, watch your words. We need to understand that words that come out of our mouth are powerful tools and powerful. We speak life or we speak death. We speak victory or we speak defeat. That's why I hang out with people who speak victory even though they can't see it. I don't really necessarily hang out with people that always talk bad things and death and debt and nothing and no one and, and has, has no, no future, just like everything is glim. They only live in today. They don't ever shape a future. They can't see their vision. I, I can't be around that type of people. So if I'm not hanging around with you, that's why I'm not hanging around with you. I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Jesus like, same. <laughs> <laughs> words. We need to speak blessing or we can speak cursing. What we say is what we will have. What you and I say is what you and I will get. Can you remember throughout the years of, of um, it being in this house and, and the privilege of pastoring this amazing people. I've always told you that I would go to million dollar mansions and I would, I would go in and I house view all these mansions. Can you remember me saying that all the time? Yeah, I still do that. I, now I'm into the five million dollar mansions. So um, I've gone up, you know, I've gone up. I'm a bit more bolder. I can go in the five million dollar mansions. But can you remember... From the beginning, when I started, I would always say to you, I would go into the shops that I couldn't afford to go in, and they would see me walk in, and they wouldn't serve me because they knew I didn't have money. And I would just try on every dress just to irritate them. Can you remember me doing that? Yeah. So now I go into those shops, and I dress, and I, and I buy, and I walk out with clothes like that. Why am I saying this to you? Because 10, 15 years ago, there was no way I was going to walk into those shops and spend $300 on an outfit. Why? Because I didn't have $300 to put on an outfit. Are you okay? So 10 years ago, 
I'm shaping my reality today. So today I'm living out what I saw 10 years ago. So I haven't yet got my million dollar mansion, my friends, but I'm gonna tell you, I am going to live in a mansion while I'm here on earth. I'm not waiting to get to heaven. I'm shaping my future with my words. And you may think, oh, Pastor, you know, that's prosperity. You know, God's more than money. Yeah, but it looks good in your bank account. You okay? All right, Kathy. Makes sense, eh? Mm. So keep shaping your future with your words. In the book of Genesis 1:26, it tells us that God made man in his image and his likeness, likeness, that God made him and he made him to represent him. God made man to represent him. In Psalms 8, it says, God made man to have dominion over the works of his hands. So he made you and I to have dominion over the works of his hands, to rule over everything that he made. He framed the heavens and the earth with his words, the substance of things not seen. He framed them with his words. I am framing my world with my words. So yes, I do see hills, the center of hills, as a place of majesty and the place of revival and the place where sinners can come and repent. I see what hills is gonna look like in the next 10 years. I see how, how, how influential this house will become in this community and the nations around the world because I see it. And because I see it, I'm framing it with my words even before I get there. It's kind of like this. You're walking in sickness, but God says you're healed and that contradicts yourself because you feel sick. You know you're sick. Your body's sick. Everything about you is sick. You look sick. You sound sick. You smell sick. Do you, can you smell sick? Oh, you can. Okay. You can smell sick. But the words that are coming out of your mouth saying, I'm healed. So all that you're waiting for is yourself to catch up to your reality where the word drops from heaven and you're manifested and you are healed. The truth is you're healed. The fact is you're still sick. Your words have the power to shape your world. He says that he's given Jesus all the authority, amen? But when Jesus left, he says, now I've given you the authority. Given you and me the authority. So we have the authority to shape the world that we live in. That's why when um, over this last few weeks, you would see the drama that's happening in Wainuiamata. And um, there's been a lot of issues with people burgling, stealing stuff. And then I just had enough. I took off my... I love you, Jesus hat and said, you big loser. Stop coming into my territory and pinching our stuff. And I just, I just felt in my spirit that something is happening in our community. And so I called the community meeting and we met and then I got everyone together and, I, and then we all made a decision that we're not gonna go against this community and name and shame people, but we're gonna have a positive, we're gonna draw out negative with a positive, right? So we decided that we're going to do this barbecue and we're going to fundraise money for Uncle Charlie's sushi shop and that, you know, we're going to cover up the graffiti and then I'm going to have a gold coin prayer donation thing. You come in, I'll pray for you. Give me a gold coin donation. Oh, well, yeah, we do that in the body of Christ. We just want, give me a gold coin, I'll pray for you. Just kidding, okay. 
Just kidding, just kidding. But I say this, that what we say over our community, it matters. I want us to read this declaration this morning. Is that okay? Can we read this together? God made me like him. You're just shaping your future. You're shaping your reality and you're shaping your world. Now, my world looks a little bit different from yours. But you still have the ability to shape your world. There are many stories in the Bible which testifies of the power of words. Jesus comes along and he curses a fig tree and the fig tree responds, words. How about Jesus telling the wind to be still? Words. How about Jesus, Jesus saying, Lazarus, come forth and death moves and life comes? Words. Words have the power to shape your world. So if we speak faith-filled words, it will go forth and it will manifest. And when you speak your problems, that's what you're going to live. Um, I hear this many times when I talk with people and meet people. Um, they just talk about problem. Everything in their mouth, everything is about the problem. And I just think if I could just get them just to shut up just for one moment, and I can just tell them how big God is in the midst of their problem, maybe, maybe that they can start changing their reality in their world by what they say. Maybe. Are you okay? Paul says that we believe, therefore we speak. That's what Paul says. So what are you believing and what are you speaking? So I'm going to talk about six things that words will do to us, okay? I'll quickly go through it because it's, we'll quickly go through it. The first thing is words will bring you deliverance or bondage. Someone say deliverance. Someone say bondage. Romans 10. We read this together. Is that okay? Let's go. The word is near you. That if you confess with your mouth, or in other words, you'll be delivered or deliverance. What comes out of our mouth starts from our heart. Our words have the power to release us from bondage and set us free, but it also, our words have the power to hold us captive. Um, if you have a child or your grandparent and if they only hear you say that they can't if they only hear you say that they're stupid or you've got no brain or what are you thinking you stupid child you are shaping that child's world but the issue is not the child. The issue is what's coming out of your heart that you're reflecting on the child. If you say you can't do it, you won't. 
And if you say you're a failure, you probably are. You're saying it. You've been complaining, you murmur, you complain about everything in your life, but you are the one that has the power to set yourself free. The Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. But we can be like Israel and not be free, free, because we're still stuck back here. So if you're free indeed, the power of freedom is in you. You have the power in what you say and what you speak. It's time for you to start speaking victory over everything in your life. When I say to you, now I'm not going to million dollar mansions, I go and look at five million dollar mansions. I do that. Yes, I do. And I don't no longer park down the road. Remember I had a family van and I would tell you, Kathy, I would park way down the road because there are million dollar houses and I didn't want them to see that I actually couldn't afford the house. I only went in to have their little glasses of champagne or whatever they had. You know, those little things and they had nibbles and, and stuff. Do you know, I used to do that. Yeah, well, when you go to open homes and they're million dollars, they have little champagnes or little juices or little... I would grab, you know, I'll just grab it, take some cheese and I'll walk around and they'll take my name and number and they'll say, you know, you can make an offer. I'll go, okay, I'll go and have a look. And I'll look around these million dollar homes. Well, now I'm looking at five million dollar homes. I'm shaping my world. Um, the Bible says we have to be content. I want more. Oh man, this, I think I need to go preach somewhere else. I think, you, I think you're scared to create your world. I think you're scared to create your world. Who's lying to you this morning that you can't? Who's telling you that you can't do that office job because you're not suited for that? Who told you you can't be a social worker? Who told you that lie? When people say you can't, that is your weapon to grab hold of it and say, yes, I can. I remember when people said that, you know, our initiatives in our community would never happen. They told me that, you know, the housing wouldn't take off and our youth unemployment schemes wouldn't take off. That's what they told us. That's a lie that they told us. And for six years, I keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And every door that I tried to open, it would be shut on me. So guess what I did? I created a new door for myself to walk in. I'm not telling you this to make me all high and mighty. I'm telling you this because I've walked it. And this house is blessed. And God's blessed you with spiritual blessings. God's blessed your family. God's blessed your table. God's blessed your household. God's blessed this community. And I'm refusing to allow other people's words to tell me opposite from what God's Word tells me. Amen? So the words, that, the words that we have can liberate us, can set us free, or the words that we use can bind us this morning. Amen? Second thing, words will bring you life or death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21. Eat its fruit means that, you, that it means that you have to experience what you say. You sow it, you're going to reap it. I was born in Wanganui. I was born in Palmerston North, brought up in Wanganui. Down 
you know, the creek or down the river. Brought up on a marae, we didn't have much, you know, all, all my life heard all the things that are never possible. You'll never amount to nothing. Couldn't read, couldn't write, went through all that, right? Some of us, any witnesses, do you know what I'm talking about? You're like that, you know, maybe potentially you're like that. Well, I was that, I was that kind of girl. I was that kind of girl. But when something dropped in my spirit and God told me, this is who you are, then I started using my words to shape my new world, my world. I do it over my children all the time. Whenever my children will come to me, Mom, I need something, it's never a no, it's never a maybe, it's like it's yours. That's not because I spoil them. That's because they need to understand that when they stay in alignment with God and when, when they use their words and when they never say, I never said, ever said to my children, oh, I can't afford that, honey, even when we only had $20 in the bank. Living on $20. Scared to go to the supermarket because your card will get declined. Have you ever been that way? I've been... Yeah, Um, going to the food bank, but you don't want people to see you, so you go over the hill. So they don't see you going to the food bank because you're pastoring the church and you're meant to have all this and you talk about how God is and how great God is and how prosperous He's blessed you with, but you can't even pay your rent and you've got no food on your table. You won't understand this if, if, if you've lived a good life, but for me, that's how we started. I'd go to my mate's house, we'd just go and take the kids just so we have something to eat, Angus, you know, when they were little. And then when we came into ministry, we thought, oh, praise Jesus, God's going to be our rock in our salvation and everything's going to be okay. Uh, God, where the heck are you? And we'd budget, we'd pay our mortgage and we'd sit down with 20 bucks in our hands and that's all we had left for groceries, $20. $20. And I remember many times we would say, this is not our future. This is only temporary. We're not going to live on $20. We're going to live on a few thousand dollars. And I would say things like that. I would say this over and 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 over again, even though I didn't believe myself. You okay? Didn't believe myself, but I'll do it because there's death and life is in the tongue, and I didn't want to eat the fruit of poverty. I want to eat the fruit of prosperity. Do you know we're warriors in the kingdom of light? And it's our responsibility to take territory and take back what the enemy has taken from us. And for generations, I'm saying generations in my generation, there's been poverty after poverty after poverty after poverty after poverty after poverty after poverty, marriage breakup, domestic violence, drugs, suicide, lots of death, people taking their life. Does that sound like it's just my family? But that looks like my family. So we started speaking words of life over my generation and over the generations to come out of us because there's power 
It is death and life and the power of the tongue. Amen. If your world's not nice, change it. Stop complaining and stop going, oh, I've just got to pray to God. No, just stop praying to God and do something. Pray and go. Pray and go. Pray and go. Just pray and go. Like spray and walk away. That's how you should do for prayer. Just pray and go. Just pray and go. But this is what we do. We just sit, complain, and we accept what's coming at us. And I'm, that's not good enough anymore. It's not good enough anymore. Friends, come on. It's not good enough anymore. God so loved that He gave. He gave it all so we could have all. Amen? So our words can be uplifting and encouraging and nurturing. And it can help heal. And it can help. I mean, the more I spoke love and life over my life because of other people trying to shape me, the more I healed. And the more I healed, the better I was at responding. And wives, we get like this. It's only our husbands that can really get down at us, right? Um, We can be really nice to everyone, but when it comes to husband and wives, it can be a bit of a challenge. I don't know, but in my marriage, hey, Angus, in my marriage, you know me very well. We we sit down every week with your wife and and us. We sit down. You're really messed up, but we're pretty good now. (laughs) But I'm just going to say to you, like, we have to watch what happens here because what happens here can be manifested in here. He's not bad, this man. I'll keep him on just a little bit longer. Our words come from our mouth. Our words come from our heart. And depending on what our heart is like, it will depend on what the words that come out. For many of us, we need to learn to re-speak. Relearn to speak. We need to relearn to speak. We have to relearn to speak. It was such a challenge trying to relearn to speak to my husband. A challenge. And the older he gets... I don't know, Pastor Lorraine, but the grumpier he gets. It's just like, gets so grumpy. It's good for me. (laughs) When we use words that curse and belittle or gossip, we're actually hurting Holy Spirit from coming forth. When we use words to curse and, and hurt, we're hurting Holy Spirit. With our words, we can agree with God or we can agree with the enemy. And that's how it is. Who are you agreeing with this morning? Amen. The third thing, your words can bring forth a manifestation. In other words, your words, which are invisible, can become visible. Romans 4, it says, God who gives life and death and causes those things which do not exist as though they did. What you need is in you. I'm saying this again. Everything you and I need is inside of us. And this is important because you are shaping your own identity through the Word of God. Stop reading the magazines. 
Stop comparing yourself with someone else. Comparing is killing the church. Churches are comparing against each other. Are you stupid? Why are you comparing against each other for? We're all the same body. And all we do is hurt one another by comparing. If you stick to your assignment, I stick to mine. Together we'll make a good team. What we can accomplish in life is not dependent on how much money is in your bank. What you can do is not dependent on what the government does for you. It's not dependent on your upbringing. Please stop. Listen, friends, I'm going to say this. Don't say because you were brought up that way. Because when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You've been brought up a new way. You've got a new nature. You've got a new father. You've got a new family. You've got a new identity. So we have to stop using our upbringing as an excuse for our behavior. Um, and in the line of work that this house does on a daily basis, especially with our homeless staff and all, all the houses and all the people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, I, I, when I look at their life stories and we've got, um, we're in the 500, you know, we're, we're in, we deal with, hundreds of clients on a daily basis. The biggest thing, especially in our men's home, that is the biggest issue for our men is they did not have a father. So they're using that as a way to excuse a behaviour that they're now living. And I'm not saying that's not important. Fathers are very important. And yes, that is a big issue. But there needs to come a time in our lives where we need to start shaping our future and start using our words and saying, that's not going to define who I am today. Everything we need today is inside of us. It doesn't matter what you're around. It doesn't matter about your background. It's inside of you. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Matthew 12. What is invisible will be manifested in the natural Everything that is invisible can be manifested in the natural. I believe that more than anything. More and more, I believe that. I, I remember over the last few months, and please, this is not a pride talking. This is a humility. I'm sharing the story with you. So take this as humility. Yeah. My husband and I, especially my husband, he would always say for years and years, I would love to drive a brand new car one day. Love to drive a brand new car one day. And so we would shape our future. We would say one day we're going to drive a brand new car. Over the last probably three months, we've driven three brand new, beautiful, spanking new, out of the lot cars. And we sat on our car and we were driving and he says to me, he turned around and he, he just says to me, I've never ever driven a car brand new, but we now drive three brand new cars. Listen, I'm not telling you this as a pride. If you know me and know where I came from, this is not pride. This is, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm rejoicing. You best rejoice for us because we've come from places. Do you know what I'm saying? Tavita. Oh, hi, Tavita. Do you know what I'm saying? Gosh, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. It says a good man out of the good treasures of his heart. That's what it says in Matthew 12, 34 and 35. So most of us look at um, 
the bank for a source. You know, I remember when we went to the bank, brought our, our first home, and I remember the bank saying, no, can't buy a first home. I can remember that. And I could have walked out of that bank real grumpy and upset, but I thought, no, I'm going to buy a home. And I thought to myself, we didn't even have deposit. We had zero dollars in our savings. We had nothing. And the bank said we cannot get a house. I refuse to give up. If you know me, I won't give up. So we went to the next bank and they said no. So guess what I did? I went straight to the boss and she said yes. I did. I did. I remember we sat in there, they said no and no, and I saw this house, the house that one of the houses that we have here in Wainui, and I love this house and I want this house, and God, this is the house. Now I'm boss, right? I'm telling God that's the house. And I remember the first bank said no, the second bank said no, and I thought to myself, how am I going to get this money to buy this house? I want this house, I want to make an offer on this house, because I remember Wayne took us there like three times, I said to Wayne, this is my home, I'm buying this house, that's what I said son, I said I'm buying this house, no money, no deposit. So we went to Westpac, I went up the stairs, this is the old Westpac in Lower Hutt, manager's office. I knocked on the door, I sat down. By the end, when I walked out, I had the loan, I had the house. I was not going to let that person define my future. Just because they said no, it doesn't mean God's saying no to me. I'm just going to keep pushing. So we pushed and we pushed. And no, it was very stressful, but I never gave up on God. God, that's my house. That's my house. That's where my kids are going to be brought up. And so when I went up to the bank manager and she did all the things, fine. Thank you, Jesus. And we walked out. We had no money for lawyers. We had no money for all that due diligence stuff. We had no money for plumbers to come and check everything. But the bank paid for everything. Power of words. A good man out of a good treasures of his heart. The treasures box is in you. The treasure box is in you. Amen. There's a big warehouse inside of you. You just have to grab what you need inside of you. A good man out of good treasures of a heart. You have a treasury inside of you. The Bible tells us that we are to bring it forth out of the invisible and into the visible world. Amen. Think about this. Everything that you and I see in the world today first lived inside a person. The car I drive today was first inside a person. He thought about the car, envisioned the car, he went up and down. All the issues with the car, the car man that started the first car factory, whatever that was, all the problems that happened. But now I'm driving the car that was inside the man. Do you know what I mean? Do you, are you okay? Do you want someone else to come and speak? Because I can sit down and... Okay. Are we okay? Okay. Fourth thing. I'm almost done, okay? Your words keep your body in line. <laughs> 
lose weight, lose weight in Jesus' name. Lose weight in Jesus' name. It doesn't work. I actually have to do something more than that. Amen. <laughs> I wish it was that easy, eh? You'd speak to your body, keep it aligned. Lose weight in Jesus' name. Lose weight in Jesus' name. Okay, no, stop it. Stop it. Okay. James 3.2. Can we read this together? Let's read. For we all stumble. Able also to bridle the whole body. In other words, the word which comes from our mouth affects your body. I mean, you can, you know, friends, if you've been around bitter people or sad people, upset people, you can see it before you hear it. Because their body, you can see it on their body. They carry bitterness and it just it, it eats away at their flesh. Amen. If your words are corrupt, your behavior becomes corrupt. And that's how it is. A man who is able to control his words is also to bring his body under control. Um, it's hard, man, when you want to punch someone. I know you're all Christians, but you don't want to punch people. But Angus, you know when you get mad, eh? Not that you do. <laughs> but when you want to really like someone like when someone stole our second infinity, our Uncle Charlie Sushi, the first time I had grace. The second time I put grace down and I had to put it up with my own two feet. Like I was so mad, right? And you want to lash out and you want to say the some really not nice things and you want to post this person all over Facebook and you want to name and shame them and you want to tell them how, how, how can he take from, you know, a, a, a business from our community. But if we can control what comes out of our mouth, our body can be under control. And that's hard. It's very, very hard. If you can control your, your language and what comes out about yourself, you can keep your behavior under control. And there's power when you can control your mouth. Amen. Fifth, I'm going to move fast. Your words will guide you to your dreams and visions. James 3.3. 3. Can we read this quickly? We direct where the horse is going by something in its mouth. If it's a horse's mouth, determines the direction of the horse. What is in the horse's mouth determines the direction of what's in the horse, uh, the direction of the horse. We can turn the whole animal by what's in its mouth. What is in your mouth? What is in your mouth that can turn a situation around? Des, I don't want to pick on you this morning. Verse 4 says, Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Your mouth is my rudder. This is my rudder. My mouth is my rudder. This little thing directs my whole life. This little thing here directs my whole life. That's why I don't allow others to shape my future. Amen. Don't allow others to shape the future of this house either. 
I'm very, very protective about the future of this house because I see where the Lord is taking us and I won't allow others to come in and try and dictate stuff over this home. Amen. Your words will direct you in your destination and direct you to your port. What are you saying? No matter how bad the winds are in your life, no matter how bad the storms are in your life, your mouth will direct your ship. Amen. Hallelujah. So keep turning the rudder. Keep going in the direction. Your ship will go and go to port, but your rudder must be under control. Sixth thing, and I'm finished, because you're all looking at me like, Pastor, can you just shut up and hurry up? Your words will bring you blessings or cursing. Out of the mouth, same mouth, proceeds blessing and cursing, James 3.10, right? The worlds were formed by, by words. The worlds were formed by God who formed them through words. And some of us this morning are blaming others for your life. Stop blaming others for your life. Out of your mouth becomes blessing and comes cursing. Stop blaming others for your life. If you're not happy with things that are happening, start shaping your reality. Start shaping your future. Start shaping that of your children, your grandchildren, your home, your marriage, your relationships. Start shaping the future of this church. Do you know, Sam, when people say things to me that are contrary to the vision of this house, straight away, something rises in me. And I speak word. Bring it back to word. No, this is what the Lord says about this house. This is what the Lord says about this people. Amen. If you keep speaking words defeat poverty and sickness, that's what you're going to keep getting. So stop speaking it. Okay? Don't speak it over your life. If you want to see what it's like, like for those of you who walked through us for the last 10 years, you've seen Pastor and I, we, how we started, right, son? We're like We started like, man, 20 bucks in our hands. You know, just couldn't, we wanted to do great things for God, but the money and the great things didn't kind of match up, you know, how that's like. You want to do great things? Yeah, it just doesn't match up. It's just like, you want to do this, but you've only got this, and it just doesn't make sense, God. You've called me to this people, and how am I going to do this without enough of this? And do you, do you ever have those struggles like that? Because I have those struggles. We started like that. But 10 years ago, we started shaping the future of this house through our words. And you guys are reaping the benefits of the words that we've spoken over you. Many in this house couldn't even get a home. But we keep claiming that this house is going to be full with homeowners. Many of us in this room didn't even have jobs. We came and not one person went to university when we first started here. Now we've got... A professor, Professor Darren, he's never left university. He's still there. I'm sure he started when we started ministry, and he's still there, 10 years. I don't know how many years, but a long time. When we first came here, we were full of families that were just with single mothers, and we had no dads, no fathers. 
And I remember speaking life over every father of this nation and saying to the Lord, this is not good enough. God's going to raise up men in this hour that is going to take their place in the body of Christ. But it didn't start that way. And it didn't happen for years and years down the track. And we keep speaking that over your life. We keep speaking that over your life. Because we want to shape a future over you that, man, you can just run with. Amen. You okay? So God's going to bless your family. He's going to bless your community. He's blessing your home. He's blessing your nation. He's blessing your church. If you're here, part of this or not church, He's blessing that church regardless on where you're churched. He's going to keep blessing you. And this is our greatest hour for the body of Christ today. I believe it more than anything. I know we're in a holding pattern right now. I know we're anxious to get out of this room and go to our building, which is going to be before Christmas days. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to your son. I'm not talking to you. Don't you speak negative over this. Okay, I know it can be hard and I know we want to move and I know, but we want to create a place where it's birthed out of excellence and we're creating a space where our words are going to mold some really good things in that place. Amen. We dream a lot, eh? Jamaica, Jamaica dreams, she spends your money. She's just like, I want to do this and I want to do that. No, not physical money. She's just dreaming. God, let her dream. She doesn't spend your money. Well, not yet. But anyway, she, she dreams and she dreams. And I just tell her, you could do it. Yes, we could do that. And I, I just love it. Eh? I, love the, I love it when you tell me your dreams. Because I know, Sam, your dreams are going to come a reality. So speak your world now. Amen. Speak it over your marriage. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your mukapuna. Speak it over your community. Speak it over your business. Speak it over your business ideas. Amen. Just keep speaking. Okay, get up, get up. Let's, let's, let's finish. Get up, get up. Give the Lord a hand because he's good.